Before we begin this episode, I want everyone to know that due to current world events, some of the information that was originally recorded for this episode has changed. After speaking with my guest about it, we agreed that we would still release the episode in full, but with some additional information at the end to describe how things have changed for them in light of COVID-19. Enjoy. Hi there and welcome to the Pondering Dam podcast, where we talk all things teaching, education, pedagogy and technology. I'm your host, Danny Summerall, and if you're new to the show, make sure you leave a review and share with your peers. Connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at PonderingDan, as well as at PonderingDan.com. Uh, my guest today on the Pondering Dan podcast is Dan Martinez. Dan is an educator from the Gold Coast, Australia. With close to 20 years in the classroom, he's spent time developing STEM and STEAM-focused curriculum and projects for schools, as well as developing one-to-one BYO iPad programs. Being someone that loves technology, Dan has engaged students with coding, robotics, drones, and most recently, esports. In fact, esports has become an integral part of Dan's life, with him starting the Federation of United Schools Esports Cup, or the Fuse Cup for short, Australia's premier school esports competition for younger gamers. Welcome, Dan. Hey, Danny. How are you going? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm excited about our chat today, actually. Um, yeah, likewise. Thanks yeah, for having me on. I was, no. um very excited, a bit nervous, but uh, but no, absolutely no. excited to have a chat with you and um, talk about esports. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a really good chat, and I think um, a lot of people will learn a lot of uh, different things about esports, including, you know, why it's well, what the educational value is, which I'm looking forward to sharing that. So, but yep. first of all, before we do, I want you to tell us all about the Fuse Cup and how it came about. Yeah, so. Um... I was having a chat with a friend of mine a little while ago and we were talking about just how we've always kind of been gaming and, and into games. And um, he, you know, reminded me that the very first thing I actually saved up for, and I'm going to show my age here, was a Atari 2600 when I was a, a young kid. So <laughs> I started a, a bit of a car washing business and went around to all the you know, cars and houses in my street and washed them and then my families and saved up enough money to buy my old Atari 2600 with a few games and, it's always just been something that's been a passion of mine and it's never really gone away. And as I've grown up, the gaming aspect has kind of fallen to the side where it's become more of a social aspect. So I've got a core group of mates who we've been playing, you know, online with each other for, well, not really online, but we've been playing games for about 20 years and it started off with, you know, face to face, like we'd always go to each other's houses. And then obviously with the internet and things developing online we continue doing that even while we're living in different parts of you know of the globe so it's been a real social aspect for us and for guys it's um you know we don't often really talk openly about our feelings but when we're gaming you know we we diverge a lot of stuff to each other so it's a really good outlet for our mental health and um and then you know being an educator and looking at different things happening and keeping my eye on esports it became really clear to me that younger kids play as well but there wasn't really an avenue for them to participate or contribute or, or represent their schools. You know, there's competitions for older gamers, um, mm. but nothing for younger kids. So I thought, well, surely there's something that I can structure around gaming for younger students, but use it as a way to teach them about their digital well-being, which can be very lacking at times. Mm. That's interesting that you talk about the mental health aspect of it. Um, it's something that I never thought about before we had this mm. chat, actually. Um, and I guess that all comes to that digital well-being as well. Would you yep. agree? 
Yeah. Absolutely. And that's like one of the biggest reasons why we developed the Fuse Cup. It's because, um, you know, showing kids how to game or, or how to do it responsibly is really important because often kids will play for excessive hours or they'll play to the detriment of other things in their life. And what they real, don't realize is they're actually setting up really negative and um, not very positive gaming beha- behaviors that can be detrimental. Mm-hmm. So if we can show them early on that, Hey, it's great to play games. It's great to play online. However, these are some core things that you really need to consider when doing so. If we can teach that, that lesson earlier on, then hopefully they won't get into better problems down the track. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that, um, helps a lot of parents who don't know what to do with their kids that are spending a lot of time gaming. Absolutely. Um, and you know, that's one of the things that has been really interesting to see the parents once you discuss why we're doing the fuse cup and what the, the social and what the digital wellbeing aspects are that that paradigm really shifts for parents. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting. That is, um, so with esports still being, I guess you could say it's still in its early days in Australia, right? So apart yeah, from that, education, yeah. Yeah. So how would you, or how are you convincing people of its educational value? Well, I mean, we treat it as a sport. So, you know, what are the educational merits of sport? Well, there's mm. great, you know, inclusion, there's teamwork, there's strategy. Um, there's the ability to get along with each other and communicate effectively. And these are all prevalent in esports as well. But then you tie in things like decision making, um, reaction time, and um, you know things like integrity. You know, saying that you're going to be at certain places, you're going to be at training when you say you're going to be at training, or resilience. How do you deal with a loss? How do you deal with it effectively? These are the things that are really important, and these are strategies and and life skills that students need to develop, whether it's through traditional sports or through esports. So. Mm. Um, and then we talk about obviously the digital well-being. Obviously, kids are going to be playing games, and they're going to continue to do so more and more as they grow. Um, mm. Esports isn't going anywhere; it's only getting more popular. So, we really need to um, show them how to do it in a responsible and safe manner. Mm. And I think you only need to look on YouTube to see how many views these um, these gaming videos are getting now. Um, they're phenomenal amounts; like they're they're yeah. bigger than your your huge pop stars of the world. You know, with their music yeah, videos, it's actually did incredible. You know, did you know that more people in the US watch esports than they watch NBA? Really? It's got bigger viewership than the NBA. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I can incredible. see why. I can see why people are starting to invest money now in um in these esports programs. Mm. Mm. So I'm I'm thinking about uh, I've had a little bit of exposure through my school. Uh, they started esports last year and they're actually part of the Fuse Cup. One thing that I'm interested to know is, you know, obviously with the schools that you're working with, what their programs are like as far as, you know, are they teaching it as clubs? Are they teaching it as a subject in school? Uh, with mine, it is a subject for, uh, I think it's year nine and 10 students or year nine, 10, 11. Um, and they do everything from design their own mouse pads to their own banners to their own shirts and things like that. So there's a lot of graphic design sort of stuff in, involved with that. But what, what sort of things are you seeing as, as you're going around and visiting schools? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and what I'm seeing is really diverse. So some schools are treating it purely as a co-curricular and doing yeah. after-school training. Um, some schools are incorporating it into lunchtime activities. Um, some schools are going down the route 
that your school's going down. In fact, I visited a school recently here in Brisbane and it's a year uh, 11 and 12 subject and they tie a lot of uh, commerce and um, legal into it as well. So they look yeah. at copyright and they look at, um, you know, streaming and, and different kind of things that, uh, issues that kind of arise from that. But in fact, that particular school, the project that the year 11 and 12 kids are doing is that they are taking over the Fuse Cup and running it in their school. So they're a host yeah. school and the, the year 12 kids, year 11 and 12 kids are planning the entire thing. So they're doing promo videos. They're doing, um, as you said, banners, mouse pads, uh, jerseys. They're designing the whole works. Um, they're doing a, a digital uh, social media marketing campaign. They're costing the event. Um, and yeah, the teacher's really just supervising while these year 11 and 12 students are pretty much running the whole show. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's our assessment. That's our assessment piece. Yeah. No, you know, that's from, brilliant. How do, you, how do you put together a, an event from, you know, from go to woe pretty much. Yeah. And there's um, a ton of learning involved with that. I mean, you could, Loads. you could rattle off 20 things and I'm, I'm just, you just reminded me as well when I've seen the esports competitions at our school before we usually have a, a group of students running the, um, oh, the live, um, I've lost the word in my head now, but of the commentation, like, yeah, the, you know, the shout casting. Yeah. And even interviewing yeah. the players as they finish. And yeah. you know, that's, that's huge. And a lot of these kids are generally the ones that don't like English. They don't love those um, speaking and listening tasks. They don't like writing. They don't like reading yet. Here yeah, these yeah. kids are creating questions and interviewing people. And it's actually yeah, it's powerful. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like one of the, um, one of the stories from a little while ago that I visited a school, same thing they had a very disengaged student who had some issues in regards to behavior and some choices but loved gaming so they made him um the esports coach so yeah. he's a year nine student and he has to coach a year five and six team like i said it's completely turned around his focus his attendance his attitude his behavior um same thing completely switched on engaged in class because he knows that if he does if he drops a ball he loses the only thing that's you know really important to him so some schools are using it for a positive uh, behavior program as well. And, um, you know, often those kids who can be disengaged just need something to spark their interest and something that is really important to them. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I found, you know, we talk about school connectedness and, you know, that notion of students perform better in schools that they feel supported by and how better to support students and to actually show them that you care about the things they care about. Yeah. Um, and you provide them with the opportunity to participate in the things they love at school as well as outside of school. Mm. It's, um, and that's no different really with a lot of these disengaged students who really engage with physical sports as well. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. and you could probably say that you could probably take this a lot further. Um, and maybe, you know, your general sports programs at school could probably take a leaf out of the esports booklet with the things that you're doing. So yeah. yeah, potentially, especially that, I mean, there's some great traditional sport programs, you know, whether it's, you know, the CEDA program in Melbourne, which takes AFL students, or um, there's also a soccer federation one as well that takes students who want a, a career in football mm. and, you know, they do exclusive training, but then they also look at, you know, sports management and a whole bunch of different things. So yeah, some, there are some um, organizations that do a very great job of that with traditional sports. Yeah. 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 Now, I remember originally talking about esports with uh, someone a long time ago, and uh, they were a bit critical of it. They were a bit dubious of 
you know, what's so good about gaming and sports. And I remember saying, look, I don't know a lot about it myself, but I'd like to go into it with an open mind and see where the Mm. educational value is. So that sort of goes to my next question for you and thinking about some of the biggest criticisms that you've faced in getting esports off the ground and, and if you face those criticisms, how you've dealt with that. Yeah, look, so far it's been very positive. Um, I think it's, it's all about timing. And I think there are a lot of innovative schools who see merit and value in esports and, and want to engage their students more. Um, so it's been probably about 90% positive in my experience of trying to engage schools. There have been the odd school here or there who just don't want to listen and don't want a bar of it. Um, so I've really kind of got them to, again, as you said, just trying to have an open mind about it and, and think about it from a well-being point of view, think about it from a social inclusion point of view mm. and the fact that everybody can participate in esports. It doesn't, it's not a physical ability. It's literally anybody can do it. Anyone can be part of it. Um, obviously, there'll be different levels of skill, Mm. But um, it's very much a very inclusive um, type of activity. And it's one that students love and students all love it. Uh, you know, in my opinion uh, and what I've seen, there's a high proportion of students who are really actively engaged in esports. So you've already got them by, you know, uh, you've already got their interest. Um, but in saying that, you know, I've looked at mapping it to the Australian curriculum and it actually falls beautifully in line with the general capabilities around social and emotional well-being. Yeah. I looked at, you know, all the ICT uh, general capabilities and there's not much in there. There's really not much in there at all, but it's all about, you know, teamwork and social inclusion and emotional regulation, uh, resilience. And these are the things that are really important in any community. And sometimes in schools, those general capabilities seem to be brushed over. It's like, well, they might, kids might learn it through osmosis. Well, it doesn't kind of work that way mm. unless you, you know, you really teach students how to, um, how to, you know, regulate or how to, you know, show um, resilience and how to be inclusive. So esports is a really good fit for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've already touched a lot on the digital wellbeing aspect. Have you seen, um, obviously you've got a lot of resources and a lot of information on the Fuse Cup website. If you've got a teacher that's starting out um, and looking at esports and maybe just doing it as a club to start with, you know, what, what would you say to them about the dig- digital well-being aspect of it all? You know, as in its importance and how they can teach it and mm. where to start, I suppose. I guess the best place to start would be with the values of the cup. Um, so looking at, you know, what are the core values of participating in sport or in this particular case in the Fuse Cup. So we talk a lot about integrity um, and that's making students accountable and students taking responsibility for their own, uh, you know, their own um, accountabilities, really. So if they say they're going to do something or they say they're going to be somewhere that they're actually there. Um, and also, you know, the way in which they respect each other. So I think that falls under integrity quite well. Then we talk about strength and that's not physical, but obviously, you know, their mental strength or their ability to be resilient and deal with uh, losses um, in competitive situations positively. Also, the ability to include others, and regardless of who they are, show good sportsmanship. You know, one of the key things that students have to do, ours is a face-to-face competition, so there's no online component. Mm. So they have to physically shake hands with opponents. They have to wish each other good luck and, you know, win, lose, or draw. They have to shake hands at the end of the game and say, good game. 
and it's just part of that building in those those values that are really important and then obviously teamwork you know being an encouraging team member and just like other sports if you're you know engaged in a sport often you require your teammates to communicate effectively to you because you may not see things you know you're, you've got that tunnel vision if you will in, in the sports environment and esports is the same so being able to communicate effectively with the team and work strategically as part of a team is really important mm. so therefore core values that are a really good starting place and then you talk about you know things like behaviors and uh, player expectations and you know how do we expect you to behave at school and at home when you're participating in esports and and then when you're representing a school because obviously representing your schools is a privilege mm. and there's a lot of students who'd love to do it as well so really tying in that sense of pride and that sense of belonging um, and then it would go as far as then looking at you know the actual digital well-being looking at well, how often do you play how long do you play for do you have scheduled breaks what's your sleep like you know, um, do you factor in no screen time before sleep? Um, is your gaming getting in the way of other activities? So just looking at the holistic uh, approach to gaming and, and looking at really encouraging that balanced lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I love that that's an important message that you try to drive home with kids as well, um, all around digital wellbeing. And I reckon that there's probably a lot of parents out there that might listen to this and say, well, actually, how do I get my kid to sign up to esports now? Because yeah, yeah. they might not know how to teach that. So, Yeah, and, and the really cool thing um, that the kids don't know until they get it is in their player contract, their parents have to sign it and it clearly stipulates what the expectations are at home. So some kids think, oh, great, I'm in esports. I can go home and play for five hours and tell mum and dad, I've got, to get, you know, I've got training to do. <laughs> and it actually doesn't work that way at all. You know? So it really articulates this doesn't mean playing more. It actually means being more productive with your playing time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just talking to professional esports uh, players, you know, they shudder at the fact that kids will play continuously for six or seven hours. Like, they don't do that. Mm. You know, so there's no way you can be effective um, if you're playing for that stint of time. So what we try and do is get tips from the pros and then pass that down to students and say, look, this is what, this is what the professional esports athletes do. So if you want to emulate that, you really need to start thinking about looking after <clears throat> excuse me looking after your digital well-being yeah no excellent would you like if you're starting an esports program at a school would you get parents all in and sort of try to download all that information together at once or uh, would you just hope and expect that the parents would be reading those contracts as they come home which um, they probably wouldn't if it was just <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean it can be it can be a double-edged sword can't it um, yeah Although I did visit one school here who had um, a parent information session to start off with and they really made it very clear, look, this is what we're doing. This is the, <clears throat> sorry, uh, the digital well-being aspects that are really important um, and this is why uh, we're taking this approach. So they had buy-in from the parents at the beginning and then the parents said, look, can we actually come to training? So they had morning training sessions and the parents turned up yeah. in like Space Invaders and Zelda t-shirts and all kinds of really cool <laughs> stuff. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so the parents are part, uh, are part of that, um, you know, part of that process. And, and a lot of the research that's come out, you know, talks about that more and more parents are playing with their, playing esports with their, their kids. Yeah. As a way of bonding and as a way of you know, spending time together and doing activities that they both really enjoy. 
Well, and you probably find a lot of parents, you know, like you when you were younger, you know, they enjoyed their gaming time as well. So it's probably a good way for them to sort of get back in touch with their youth perhaps and relive a bit of that. Or share some time with their kids. Like, you know, one of my, I've got two, two sons and a daughter. And one of my sons is a Marvel nut, loves it. So, you know, you know, if he's really good, we might play the Lego Marvel game together for, for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, or as a family, we might play Just Dance. It can be a bit competitive. So we teach kids about, you know, being respe- respectful. and um, <laughs> No rage quitting if dad wins. <laughs> uh, I, tell, I tell you what, you should see dad's dad moves. I don't, I don't, think, it's, you know, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think I'm going to win anything. <laughs> At least you can say it with a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've got to know your limits, right? That's right. So you've already touched a little bit on uh, the general capabilities. Um, yep. And we talked a little bit about, you know, those kids that aren't really into their reading, writing and maths. And I guess as far as, you know, the general curriculum goes, um, there's a lot of places this fits really, isn't there? Mm. I mean, you have to just think about the depth of detail in some of these open world games, mm. you know, you could use that as a creative writing task easily. Yeah. Um, you know, you could look at the the mechanics behind, you know, behind a, a soccer game for physics at a higher level, you know, there's loads of maths, maths applications that you can look at. Um, if you wanted to look at the money side of esports, you could use that purely for an economic point of view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much, and you know, things like Minecraft EDU is a perfect example of what was a game that's now turned into a massive educational tool. Yeah, and it's a powerful tool too. Absolutely. Um, I I love the thought of um, giving a group of year five or six kids, you know, the job of creating an event, you know, and mm. what they would find out on their own really by organising something like that. You know, oh, we yeah. can use this space to do it and we can use this projector. Yes, but do you have to book that space? Is it going to cost you money? Are you going to have to charge people to come to your event? And you uh, know, that, Who are you going to have to email to talk to about that? Who's absolutely need? Yeah. And then that becomes the teacher's job just to ask those right questions, you know, yeah. and the students are even, figuring out the answers. Yeah, you could, um, one school that I, I visited said, look, could we use a fuse cup as a $20 boss project mm. and build a business around you know, running smaller smaller esports events in our school for fundraising. I'm like, that's a great idea. Yeah, that is a great that's idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, how has COVID nineteen changed what's happening with the Fuse Cup? Well, it's um, completely made us rethink uh, how we're going about our business. Um, obviously, we our preference was to run a face to face competition, and that's what we had as our point of difference uh, for an esports competition across the country. Uh, and we were really clear in that that's what we wanted to do. We wanted a face-to-face competition so students could interact in the physical environment and make it as competitive and, and as like a normal sport, if you will. Um, we wanted to emulate that. But obviously with COVID-19, um, all of that just changed. Uh, mm. You know, schools were cancelling left, right and centre and pulling out of competitions all across the country. And uh, we held on for as long as we could to to make a call on whether we were going to go ahead uh, but obviously the right thing to do was postpone. Um, but then I left this massive gap with schools, you know, wanting to participate, but not. And then having a whole bunch of students miss out on all kinds of things. And, um, you know, from a financial point of view as well, we're looking at our revenue stream completely drying up mm. overnight. So yeah. 
um, we thought, oh, geez, what are we going to do about this? Um, but, you know, one of the things that I've learned about educators and being one for so long is, if nothing else, we're resourceful and we're flexible and we, uh, we can think on our feet quite quickly. And I think that's something we take for granted because you make a million decisions every day and you don't think about it because it's second nature. So, um, you know, we thought, well, why don't we just do this online? Like, why don't we trial it? Why don't we see how it goes? Um, and we'll take away the, the onus of competition and we'll take away the prizes and we'll just make it a fun thing to do. Um, and yeah, it's been great. We've, we've rolled it out. We've had three competitions. The feedback has been fantastic. Um, you know, a bit of troubleshooting with, with, uh, fi in schools and, and networks not responding, but it actually works quite well with Bluetooth in the right spot in the hotspotting. Um, so for us, what it's made us do is really pivot. Uh, it's not something we're going to do long-term. Obviously our preference is face-to-face competitions. So once that, uh, resumes, we'll be doing that again. But at the, at the moment, what we're having to do is look at different ways of doing our competition. And that's the beauty of esports is that it, it's fundamentally an online competition um, or has been. Uh, and then they've obviously moved to a more face-to-face uh, kind of format. So for us, we're just kind of going back to what we would have been doing a long time ago, mm. which is online. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a real challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've got... Um some online comps coming up, right? Yeah. So we've got, um, we've got a teachers and parents competition, which is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Uh, so te- teachers racing teachers and, and parents racing teachers. So we've got a series of those coming up. Uh, the first one starts on Saturday, the 4th of April. Um, and you can check that out on our Facebook page. We'll have links to uh, the competition. We've even got a couple of battle posters with teachers and parents looking pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure my face is in one of those posters, right? (laughs) It sure sure is. Uh, Uh, So, yeah, we've got that coming up. Um, Then we're also, uh, whenever school starts, whatever that looks like, um, we'll be running our our school's online competition. Uh, Hopefully, when school starts again, whenever that is, you know, schools will be a lot more... um, I'm hoping that they'd be uh, into going to uh, excursions and competing, but I, I fear that they won't. I think that they'll be pretty much starting and, and still having restrictions on what they're doing. So we'll run our online competitions in that space. Uh, and then we have at the moment, we've got a new online course that we wrote with the Kids Helpline for students. Um, and it focuses on digital well-being and cyber safety and um, you know cyberbullying and aspects of e- e-sports. Uh, and then once the students complete that, they, they get a certificate and if they've got an Nintendo switch, they get an access code to participate in an online competition. So we've got a whole bunch of different online uh, components that we're running. So it's a teachers and parents, the schools and the teachers uh, and the students competition. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing in the meantime until we can work out when we can resume our face-to-face competitions in schools. Yeah. Excellent. So I'm, I'm guessing that uh, for all the information about those parent teacher ones, as well as the upcoming um, online ones for students as well. All that information is yep. just on thefusecup.com. Yeah, if you go to thefusecup.com forward slash competitions, um, mm-hmm. that whole section is is devoted to pretty much all the online competitions we're running. So we've absolutely put a hold on our face-to-face competitions, uh, but we've obviously launched a whole bunch of online ones now. Yeah, excellent. Well, I know I'm looking forward to being part of a an esports competition I never have before. I, I know I got my daughter to partake 
uh, recently with one of your trial ones, uh, which was pretty yep. cool for her. She loved that. So my turn now. So if teachers or schools want to get involved with esports and in particular the Fuse Cup, uh, what do they need to do? Who do they need to talk to? Where do they go? So the biggest, uh, the best place to go to is our website, which is uh, thefusecup.com.au. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of information there around digital well-being and um, our values, um, uh, things about the cut, like the way the structure, the, the way it runs. So we run all, um, competitions in every. We've got competitions in Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide, and then five in Queensland. So we're pretty head of the game up here in Queensland. Um, yeah, it seems so. Yeah, and uh, and then what happens is they play. Uh, students play at a local competition and they work out who that winner is and it's it's a structured kind of environment where you progress to the next round and so forth um we're partnered with jb hi-fi solutions which has been great mm. so they've been able to provide um a bundle called the fuse cup pack where schools can buy everything they need in one go uh so they don't have to go shopping around for different you know um hardware and that's the other really cool thing you know it's a great starting point for schools a lot of schools might be interested but they don't really know much about hardware and pc gaming hardware can be quite you know scary for them mm-hmm. whereas what we've developed is literally a plug and play system where you buy a nintendo switch and games plug it into a tv and off you go okay um i think the fuse cut pack comes in at under 700 dollars. so you know for that amount you've got a pretty much ready to go esports mm. uh, system and then there's a registration to be part of our national competition yeah and i guess in the greater scheme of things, when you consider how much schools are spending on technology these days, when it comes down to, you know, one-to-one devices or uh, even robotics and even yeah, down to yeah. Lego, you know, it's, it's not really a lot in the whole scheme of things. So not especially when you think about how many students can participate as well. Yeah. So you can have, you know, loads of kids involved as there's three competitions a year. You can have different kids every term as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty cost-effective way to kind of dip your toe in the esports water and see if you like it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty exciting to see. You know, I know, I know the Fuse Cup's pretty new, and um, already you're doing amazing things, Dan. And it's um, pretty exciting to think about where you're going to go with this. And you know, already there's so many schools involved, and you know, you already seem like you've been running this for years. But really, it's um, you're a, you're a startup at the moment, right? <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, yeah. We're, yeah. we're two months old. Um, yeah. But, you that's know, that's, that's what's so powerful about the ADE and the Microsoft uh, Innovative Educator Network. You know, we're, we're connected to really great people who want to do good things, uh, who see value in innovative projects and understand that different things are important to different people. So being able to tap into those networks and, you know, through various uh, Twitter um, mm. contacts as well, it's been really been great to kind of connect everyone and and get everyone on board yeah and i didn't mention that before but that's how we knew each other i think we knew each other through twitter first and then met through ade in um, real life which was you know and i'm the same we talk about i talk about twitter a lot actually on this podcast but but people are getting the message that it's really powerful it's a powerful place to meet Ah, um, innovative educators basically i mean i only really use twitter for that i don't use it for a social kind of thing i just use it professionally yeah um and uh you know it's just been great allowing me to connect with 
similar like-minded educators that makes you feel like you're not alone. Sometimes you can be at your school trying to do some great stuff and you might come across some blockers. And yeah. sometimes if you don't have a bigger idea of, you know, what's happening in education, it can be a bit isolating. So it's just great to connect with other people who want to do good things. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, speaking of Twitter, um, you are on Twitter. It's Martinez Geek. Am I right? Yeah. Appropriate name for you. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, and you've got the, the Fuse Cup one. Yeah, which is just yeah. at the Fuse Cup. That's and it. that's also yeah. Instagram too, right? Yep. And LinkedIn as well. And LinkedIn. You're on all the socials. Not TikTok yep. yet. No, I, uh, <laughs> nah, I might pass that on to someone else. Uh, Maybe you can do our TikTok then. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but that's where all the kids are these days. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so well, thank you so much for being part of the show today, Dan. Um, I'm really glad that you've got to share this message and you know, I'm hoping that people really take on board the educational value with esports. And, um, you know, I obviously wish you all the best with it. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been awesome, you know, being on. And as I said, it's, um, you know, we've spoken about esports before you and I, and, and then you've started this podcast, which is fantastic. And it's so thank good. You. I love listening to it and hearing all the you know, great stories you're sharing. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's, no, it's been, my, it's been great. You're, it's actually yeah. my first podcast, Danny. You, uh, oh, there you go. There you That's go. awesome. I feel privileged. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you've got any questions for Dan or I about today's episode, um, obviously you can email me at dan at ponderingdan.com, but also get in touch with Dan um, at the Fuse Cup, which I'll link his details in the description for this episode. Um, but you can just go to thefusecup.com.au and you'll have all the information you need there. Uh, and once again, if you want to help this podcast grow, please like it, subscribe to it, rate it and share it. Uh, and before we go, Dan, do you have any parting words? Um, yeah, it's just, you know, eSports is, is one of those things that is only going to get bigger over time and more and more people will kind of get involved and, and start seeing the educational value. So it's really, it's an opportunity to get in early um, and understand what it's really about. So if that is of interest to you there, just get in contact with me at the Fuse Cup and we can chat about how that works. Yeah, awesome. Hopefully you get a few people contacting you. So that would be great. Be yeah. Great, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Uh, tune in next week for more conversations around education. I'm your host, Danny. Until then, look after yourself. Bye. <laughs>